Hello, welcome to People Who Are Politicians. I'm your host, Matt Antonelli. Um, just be quickly before I get to today's episode, um, obviously there's been a little bit of a gap in episodes, uh, and that's just because work kind of picked up and then we had those few days of COVID things going on and I did have some interviews booked and I had to um, reschedule and because uh, obviously, you know, politicians have to have to do things in times of crisis, so um, that's fine. I just had to, um, yeah, reschedule some things. So there's this episode, and then I've got an interview booked with Joe Kelly, who is the Queensland MP for Greenslopes, and Di Farmer, who is the MP for Balimba. Uh, and so I'm looking forward to those conversations. Uh, I am on holidays now for the next week, so I'm going to use some of that time to book in some more regular guests, um, which is what I want to do last term. But um, uh, for those of you who don't know, I, I was recently kind I guess, kind of promoted at work. So I was uh, organizing a school camp and um, just had lots of different projects going on. Plus uh, we had that, you know, bit of um, COVID stuff at the end of the term. And so things kind of just got a little bit hectic, um, but I'm hoping that things will remain settled down now. I'm kind of in settled in my job and everything. So I'm, yeah, I'm really looking forward to talking to more politicians. Uh, and obviously, you know, last year when I was running the election and there was COVID, that's sort of impacted on my ability to do this as well. But enough about me. Uh, let's talk about the guest for today, who is Amy McMahon, who is the uh, Greens MP for uh, South Brisbane. Uh, so she's she's not you know she's she's very new and you know not new to politics really but new new to being a politician and it was really great to have the conversation with her about you know she's at the very start of her um, you know parliamentary career and to hear what she wants to get done and uh, how she wants to improve things in South Brisbane and in Queensland and uh, I guess what she stands for uh, and you know of course she would have said all these things when she was running and campaigning in South Brisbane, but sometimes, you know, if you don't live in South Brisbane, you might not know exactly who she is or what she's all about, because after all, she did take down quite a high-profile Labor MP in Jackie Trad. so, you know, it's, it's good to hear what, what she wants to do. So I really hope you enjoy the episode. If you do, please make sure you like, share, subscribe, all those normal things, and, um, and follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I'll put up some more uh, schedules now that things are back to normal-ish, you know, COVID normal. And, uh, yeah, thanks. Hello, welcome to People Who Are Politicians. I'm your host, Matt Antonelli, and today I'm joined by Dr Amy McMahon, the Greens MP for South Brisbane. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, so let's start with South Brisbane itself. Mm. Could you give us a bit of an overview of... Uh, what it's like, I guess, the, the general vibe that the electric gives you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, South Brisbane, um, you, you, your listeners can't see, but I've got a map behind me. Yeah, I, I can it, see it. Yeah, it takes in um, West End, um, round the river to East Brisbane, and then as far south as halfway through Annerley. Um, and uh, it's a very densely populated um, bit of the neighbourhood. We've got a huge amount of development going on and lots of new people coming to the neighbourhood. Um, but has some pockets of um, really old neighbourhoods, as you can imagine, inner city um, has some like 
you know, really old established um, neighbourhoods. So particularly where we are now in West End uh, has a really a long history here. Um, very multicultural, um, very diverse, but changing very quickly um, in that way, partly because of all the new development. Um, and so there's a, you know, a lot of change going on at the moment, a lot of people um, feeling the squeeze, people being priced out, um, which is part of what we're trying to address. Um, but yeah, a really, like a really lovely part of town, it takes in, you know, we've got this big stretch of the river, um, we've got some, you know, there's some kind of beautiful heritage places, um, but yeah, really squeezed in a lot of other ways. But it must be like quite interesting to have such a diverse electorate mm. and yet like size-wise it's quite quite a small electorate too. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, it's quite easy to get around. I know there's other MPs who, you know, you're, you're driving for hours to get around the electorate. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's really good to be able to check into lots of different parts of town. Um, I live in um, Wollongabba, which is kind of like kind of on the, the eastern section. Um, and yeah, I mean, one of the best parts of this role is getting around and being able to talk to people and, um, and you know, visiting the schools and going to community events. Um, there's a huge amount going on in the neighbourhood in any given time. And, you know, people who, um, you know, will probably have known that you've been involved in politics, mm. not as an MP, but in your mm -hmm. party for a long time. Yeah. So let's talk about... Um, you know, what kind of drove your initial interest? Like, why did you say, um, you know, I'm going to join the Greens and yeah. you know, become involved in that party? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I always thought that I would be involved in um, social change of some kind. And as I was finishing high school, um, there was all the stuff that was going on, like, um, with refugees at that time. So, like, Civex and Tampa were ha happening around that time started getting quite interested in um, like the refugee movement the environment movement um, but I was pretty disconnected I was just you know I was just like a teenager just trying to like find my place and um, I went overseas on exchange I was studying um, social science and I went over to the UK and as a way to make friends I joined the Nottingham Young Greens okay and um, so that was my first experience with the with the Greens and um, I made some really amazing friends and have a, had a really lovely time and when I came home I thought oh, I've got to continue this and so then I got involved um, with the Greens here and was not very active for a very long time I was um, I was studying and working um, and it wasn't until um, Jonathan Shree ran in his council campaign, his first council campaign, that I got really involved. I just happened to know Jono from, from uni. Um, uh, you know, he was, a, a, as you can imagine, a very notable figure on campus mm -hmm. um, and knew a few other people who um, are still involved in the party at that time. And um, so I sort of thought, okay, well, this, is, this will be my pathway to make change in the world. I can, um, you know, be a bit of a foot soldier in this movement. Um, and I, so I got involved with the club on campus um, and never really thought that I would run as a candidate. Um, I thought, you know, I would just like be a support role and I was actually on a pathway to become an academic. Um, and, uh, but the opportunity came up um, to, to run as a candidate, um, Jonathan Sri and um, 
Max Chandler Mather, who um, ran as a federal candidate a couple of years ago. They came and saw me do a presentation on my PhD. And after that, they said to me, oh, you should think about running to be a candidate. And I was like, oh, nah, <laughs> that's, I, I don't think I could do that. And then I thought about it a bit more. And I thought, oh, this, is, this could be really fun, a really good opportunity. And, um, and then sort of got thrust into that first campaign, um, which was, you know, very visible. Um, mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a huge campaign um, in comparison to the scale that the Greens were used to running. And because um, that was being that was 2017, that was 2017, yep. that's right. And yeah. I suppose, and for just for people who are listening, for your predecessor Jackie Trout, it was yeah. you know, this is a, it's quite a marginal seat, so that's why all eyes right. would have been on yes. it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so it was very, very notable. Um, there was a lot of media, and it really went from zero to a hundred for me and the people around me, um, who were involved with the campaign. And um, so we really laid the groundwork in 2017 for what um, was to follow in 2020. Yeah, and also just you know before before we get too close to, mm. to you winning, um, the the kind of difference I think um, you know just being as a, like you said being a foot soldier mm. versus being the the face of the campaign. Mm. Like what what kind of was uh, was that easy for you to adjust to, or what what was that experience like suddenly being you know, not just holding up signs with other people's faces yeah. on it, but your own face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a it was a huge learning curve, um, and uh, the visibility is really something else. Yeah. Um, and particular, like I was a first time candidate, like learning all of that from scratch. Um, but I think what helped me through that time was we had a. a pretty sizable network of volunteers we managed to mobilize a lot of people and um, just the excitement on the ground um, was such that you know you you kind of you know you felt that with all these people um, around me um, made it a lot easier to kind of deal with that and that's not to say it wasn't very difficult Um, but I felt um, I felt then, as I feel now, exceptionally lucky to be in that position. Like to have, for that first campaign, to have 12 months where we were just talking about um, these big issues in Queensland and to have a statewide platform um, for, for, in a lot of ways, the first time. Um, yeah, it just felt like a huge, a very lucky and a, and a huge privilege. And so, because um, there's been a few people who've come on this who have you know they they've lost their, their first election mm. and then they they come back and you know give it yeah. another crack yeah. was it always like when you got so close that first time was it always like I'm gonna do this again or was yeah. there never any question about it yeah no no I, I I pretty much thought then like we um you know we pushed this really close mm. and 2020 we knew then would be very close and um and so I, myself and, and other people who'd been on the campaign had it in the back of their minds that I would run for pre-selection again mm-hmm. um, and see what happens. You know, it's always up to the party as to whether you get to be a representative. But I did think at that time, you know, we've laid all this groundwork. Um, we've got all these connections. We've already had thousands of conversations. Um, you know, my name and face are out there. And that's a lot of the work um, that we did in 2017 was just like... It, 
people getting to know who I was. Mm. And so it meant that when we came back in 2020, we'd done a lot of that work. You know, in a lot of ways, the 2020 campaign was a was a you know just an extension of that first campaign um and so we were just building on this incredible movement that we put together yeah and you know the other interesting thing about 2020 was obviously covid and Mm. so that must have been an interesting time to campaign through as well you probably would have gone seen jono go through it because obviously you couldn't be out and about shaking people's hands or handing people pamphlets or anything so what that was that experience quite Quite interesting yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, it was um, very stressful. Um, mm. That that early that early bit of the campaign, and we had put in um, we put in so much planning. You know, we'd put in so much work to to plan for what we thought would be a breakthrough campaign. To then in those early months, all of a sudden be in lockdown mm. um, was quite harrowing. Um, but I think one of the strengths of our movement is that we're quite flexible. And because it's very grassroots, we're able to, um, you know, to be quite dynamic in, in how we were approaching things. And so at that point, we were like, right, it's, we're going to pivot to the phones. Mm. And um, we very quickly managed to put together a, a quite sophisticated phone banking operation in the way that we'd never done before. And, um, and that was kind of the backup for how we were going to you know how we were going to talk to people and this is what it was all about was about talking to people face to face finding out what was going on um and also we we thought a lot about how we were going to do things online um we put you know we put a lot of effort into experimenting with like doing like online forums and um uh like we've managed to do some pretty exciting things online um but thankfully as as the campaign really ramped up um, restrictions were easing and we were able to get back out and talk to people obviously like um, social distancing and taking a lot of care at the door but what we found actually was by the time we were getting around to people's doors people were desperate for a chat like yeah. <laughs> people were like really happy to to open the door to us um, and and talk to us and um, and you know those one-on-one conversations are really what made the difference in the end yeah and I, I suppose just to to add on like um because this is uh, the gabba ward mm. a lot of people probably would have you know seen that you're greens and linked yeah. it to jono and so he's yeah. probably helped laid some groundwork oh, as well. absolutely yeah like i can't um yeah can't overstate the um like the support that jono gave us and the groundwork that he has laid in the community for um for, for getting a sense of what a Greens representative looks like and what a Greens representative can mean for your community. And, um, and people here have had the benefit now of um, you know, five years of a local councillor who's very connected to the community, who um, you know, is very invested in uh, community consultation and talking to people and fighting for the community. And Jono's been able to get, um, you know, so much for the community that by the time we were knocking on people's doors the greens weren't an unknown entity as you like one of the biggest barriers that we find um, for people to vote greens is that they don't think we're going to win but here we have the opportunity to say well we've got a councillor in um and and then he was returned with a big swing and so one of those biggest barriers was already overcome so um you win, mm-hmm. hooray, uh-huh. <laughs> um, and you get to go into state parliament and, you know, uh, I guess Michael would be quite happy because yeah. he's, he's got a friend now, yeah. um, but uh, 
what's that experience like, you know, um, going into the, the chambers for the first mm, time? Yeah. Um, it was very exciting. Those, those fir- that first week, like, going in and, um, and just feeling like we fought for this and, mm. and now we have two people in parliament who are just here for the community and, um, you know, the, we're making small gains but, um, like, this is, is quite an achievement. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, it just it, it really felt like all the hard work that we'd put in for so many years was coming together and it was just so it was so lovely to have my family and um, like a lot of the really active volunteers um, you know up in the gallery um, and uh, one of the things that um, it makes me a bit emotional to think about actually that when I went in and um, and gave my first speech you know at the end when when um, politicians uh, say something and everyone goes here here mm. And up in the gallery, um, everyone yelled out, we're here. And it was like, yes, the Greens are here. <laughs> yeah, you could hear the emotion in my voice. It was it was really beautiful. It was like, we fought for this. We're here. Um, we're here to fight for the community. Um, and, and it also it, makes the other two sides have to, like, wake up a little that's bit. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and, like, uh, you know, we're... Well, we haven't made any friends. Um, mm. I haven't made any friends um, in the time that we've been there. And we're working really hard to to not just hold the government to account, but to demonstrate that there's another way to do politics in Queensland. Because yeah, that's the other thing I always find interesting is um, sometimes people who listen to this comment on the fact that, you know, you watch something like some question time or something and it looks quite intense mm. and combative and yeah. you know is it really that um you know are they are those groups really so against each other so what's the working environment being like mm. in your you know um relatively short amount of time yeah. in parliament how have you found it as a yeah. new workplace yeah um parliament itself is quite tough mm. um and uh you you might have seen like my reception to some of my speeches has been um you know uh very strong from the labor party um and the lnp and um yeah like as i said we're not there to make friends like we're really there to to stake a claim and um so like what you see in question time is real (laughs) and um and when you're at the receiving end of that um it is quite hard but um at the same time it does make me think in the back of my head like oh okay we're we're doing something right um because i guess the thing is if they if they were just completely ignored or dismissed and didn't attack then i suppose that means you're not making an impact that's what i think that's what i think if if we weren't you know ruffling some feathers then we wouldn't be representing the community we wouldn't be um you know living up to the platform that we got elected on Mm. um but one one interesting thing that michael and i have reflected on is michael's had the benefit now of um a full term in parliament and um i i don't know how he managed to navigate it by himself but um his feedback to me is that i have gotten a a much um a much harsher reception uh in parliament than he has and um you know he has a few theories about um why that's the case like he comes from a legal background he kind of looks the part um you know it's a different kind of situation with the electorate 
Um, but yeah, his feedback is that yeah, my my reception in in Parliament has been um, yeah much tougher um, oh. than him. So Parliament itself is um, is tough, but whenever I come away from Parliament, I think the good work that we're going to do is in the community, is in mobilising the community, it's connecting people and about building that bigger movement. And we will be doing our darndest inside Parliament to, you know, be, um, you know, looking at legislation, moving amendments, um, moving private members' bills, doing that kind of work. But a lot of the power that we're trying to build will be outside Parliament in the community, um, in our communities, building the movement. When the legislation does come through that you are, you know, you might not be can't be on top of everything so mm. maybe something comes through and you need to make a decision whether you're support or not you and michael obviously together. yeah yeah um what's your kind of criteria of philosophy like how do you decide yes this this is a good thing that we should support or yeah. it's not and we shouldn't support yeah it, yeah or we should make amendments to it yeah yeah i guess we're we're looking at bits of legislation where not only are do we have an opportunity to um, make people's lives better? But one of the other key criteria is, um, is this going to help us build the movement? Is this going to help us um, reach communities that we haven't spoken to before? Um, is this going to um, help us um, demonstrate that the Greens are doing politics differently? Um, and then broadly, the, the, you know, the, the Greens have, um, you know, these kind of underlying philosophies that can help help direct us pretty well mm-hmm. um, and also thinking about the kind of principles that we ran on during the election um, things like um, you know demanding that we have universal um, freely accessible um, public services for example um, pushing for public ownership and public control of um, of services and land and development um, and uh, and democratisation as well. So we've got, I guess, some of these underlying principles that help direct us to be like, okay, where are we going to make the the best impact? Yeah, so it sounds like, because um, I'm not in the Greens, maybe I don't, maybe I don't uh-huh. say, but it sounds like it's more of like a, you know, you're bringing everyone into that governance role. So, you know, yeah. it's, not just, it's not just politicians... On their own making decisions, but mm. really bringing the community into decision making. Yeah, trying our best. Yeah. Um, or ownership as well. Yeah, like you yeah, 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 and um, and trying to communicate to our communities as best as possible about what's going on, and trying to like demystify this process and talk to people about like what's going on, why this is important, um, like, and be doing that consultation as well to be. Uh, asking our communities, but also connecting to the party um, and the and the membership, um, who you know will help direct us um, as to what we're focusing on. Um, so, just as if, as an example, um, we're expecting a few bits of legislation to come uh, to Parliament um, quite soon. One of them is um, some um, minor changes to the criminal code around consent laws um, related to um, sexual assault. And um, so we've been talking to lots of grassroots organisations, we've been communicating with the membership, we've been communicating with our own communities um, to get some ideas about, you know, how should we be responding to this? And we've sort of looked at what the government's put forward and, and we've said, okay, this isn't, um, 
this isn't nearly as far as it needs to go um, to kind of bring our legislation up to par with other jurisdictions and just what we would think is acceptable in 2021. Now, um, if you, you know, obviously you've been in, in serving the electorate for a, for a few months now, mm. like it's October, wasn't About it? Four months, yep. yeah. Um, so what are, some, what are some things that you identified that South Brisbane, you know, really needs that you've identified that you need to, that yeah. that's your focus for yeah. the area? Yeah, yeah. So as, as I mentioned at the beginning, development is a big issue yeah. here. So um, there, over the last 10 years, there's been a huge flurry of apartment blocks that have been uh, approved all over South Brisbane. Um, and we're an inner city area, um, you know, close to the river, um, close to the city. And so, of course, there's an expectation that there'll be some development in the neighbourhood. Mm-hmm. But what we're seeing is um, is far beyond um, community expectations and also with um, little to no investment into the kind of public infrastructure that you'd need to support a population of this mm-hmm. size, for example, um, Sorry, yeah, traffic's not an issue at all. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we've got like public transport, green space, um, you know, just our roads in general, um, active transport, local schools um, is a big one. So um, the, the school that's closest to where we are now in West End had been raising the alarm for about a decade to say, you know what, there are families living in these apartments and those kids are coming to our school. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the government hadn't really factored the in that mm. families would be moving into apartments. They thought families, you know, would be in townhouses and detached houses, but there's a huge amount of families living in apartments now. And the school was rapidly um, bursting at the seams, similarly with um, Brisbane State High down the road. And um, it took a lot of work from the community to finally get the government to invest in an expansion for the infrastructure there. Um, So that's just one example. There's all kinds of examples across the electorate where we've got, um, you know, developments that are um, are higher uh, than the neighbourhood plan where developers have gotten away with, um, you know, bending the rules to their favour. Um, And then on the other hand, where you've got this lack of investment backing infrastructure. Um, And so this is kind of like a multi-pronged approach where we're pushing for um, major reforms to the Planning Act. Um, and we're also pushing to make sure state government and council are investing in, you know, good quality, freely accessible public infrastructure um, that the neighbourhood can enjoy. What are some, like, events and things that, you know, people should come to this area of Brisbane yeah. or, or this area of the state? Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know, we've got, like, South Bank, which is, like, a beautiful um, asset. Um Oh, right down the end of South Bank, there's um, the the very quaint um, Queensland Maritime Museum, um, which is you know under a bit of stress at the moment, but is actually a really lovely day out with your family um, if you've got kids who are interested in um, boats and stuff. There's a lot of um, local community events that are happening here um, all throughout the year. Um, here in West End, we've got a very active um, it's the West End Community Association who um, run some really lovely events. They run a, um, a film festival. Um, they run this event called the Kurilpa Derby where um, Montague, uh, sorry, Boundary Street is closed off and um, 
and people like ride these floats and bikes down the road. Um, it didn't happen in, in 2020, but hopefully it'll be back again in, um, in 2021. Um, we've got some really significant locations like Musgrove Park is um, really significant to um, local Indigenous communities. And it's often the place where, um, you know, if you've ever been to big protests, it's usually like the, the yeah, ending point. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot going on, um, and a lot of, you know a lot of new development going on. Some of it will be um, really lovely and exciting. Um, there's um, the the Princess Theatre in Woolloongabba, which has kind of sat dormant um, for some years, has um, been taken over by the fellows who run the Tivoli, and so that'll be really exciting. Um, like a really lovely music venue. We've been pushing a lot for. Um, arts venues in the neighbourhood, accessible arts venues, um, and partly because, you know, as I mentioned, people are being priced out, in particular artists and musicians being priced out. And so what can we do to make sure that the neighbourhood's still, you know, a great place for for people to come? If we look, like, well into the future and, you know, know, whether you have just this one term or you you have multiple terms and you get to serve the community... At the end of your political career, what legacy would you hope to have left behind? Or how would you like people to remember? Yeah, that's a great (laughs) question. Um, I hope that we have been able to um, get uh, good investment in social housing. Um, There's a real real shortage of social housing um, here in South Brisbane, but right across Queensland. I would hope that we have been able to build um, hundreds of thousands of social housing dwellings and, um, you know, be close to ending homelessness and making homes available to any other Queenslander um, who wants one. Um, that I, that is a legacy, I would hope. <laughs> yeah. that we, and, you know, this is a long-term goal, um, but, you know, we're, we're here for a long time, I hope, um, as long as the community wants us, really. Um, obviously action on climate change Um, you know if we uh, actually get on top of this and we are able to invest in publicly owned renewable energy uh, and we have closed down all our coal-fired power plants and we've supported all the workers who've come out of those plants and out of those mines into other jobs um, I think that would be an amazing legacy and then locally if we've been able to um, you know make sure we've got like beautiful green space and um you know all of our our kids going to schools have the space that they need um but we've also got schools that are fully funded and um and you know every family is able to easily access a a, a state school i think um that would be an amazing legacy and those are yeah some of the key things that we're fighting it's for. interesting yeah. how you're um like wording like because Normally when I ask people that question, they're like, I would hope that people remember me by X, Y, Z or whatever. And you're very much saying, like, I hope we get this done. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, it sounds more like you would like to be kind of remembered tangentially. Like, if people's Mm. lives are better, that's legacy enough. That's right. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And I think the, the the other thing to mention is, like, to have built a movement able to achieve these things mm. that like and this is a collective effort um you know michael and i uh might be like the the mps mm. but 
we're, we're only as strong as the movement that's behind us. And to achieve these things, we're going to need, you know, a huge mobilisation of people who are willing to, to fight for themselves and to fight for their communities and to fight for each other. Um, and, you know, I think that's the only way we're going to do it. And if there's uh, people listening who, because a lot of people are quite disengaged with politics yeah. or, you know, um, don't think that it has you know, the impact, impact on their lives that it, it mm, could, mm. Um, what would you say to, to someone who, you know, um, you know, maybe they're thinking about maybe they should join a party or become right. more involved in some way, yeah. what, um, what would you say to encourage them? that politics isn't yeah isn't terrible (laughs) yeah yeah well actually i think i would start by saying like if if you are skeptical of politics your instincts are spot on Mm. at the moment um you know we have um our political class is very disconnected from people on the ground we've got uh, major parties who haven't really been listening to the community for a long time um you know we've we've talked a lot about like the role of corporate donations in politics and how this has affected decision making and so if you're feeling a little left out um, or you feel like your representatives aren't really speaking to your lived experiences like you're pretty much spot on Um, but I would say on the other hand like there are some really exciting moments of mobilization that are happening right now Um, you might have seen um, all the work that's been going on around the refugees at Kangaroo Point, for example. <clears throat> Incredible mobilisation of, of people on the ground over the past 12 months. And um, just in the last few days, we've seen um, 100 of those men, or 50 of those men, sorry, um, be released into the community. Um, there's land rights struggles going on out, um, you know, all over the state. Um, out at Ipswich, for example, there's um, there's a particular bit of land that the Indigenous community out there are fighting for. Um, but there's also a lot of stuff, you know, going on in inside political parties. You know, we've got a federal election coming up, and um, you know, there there is no better way to feel hope for the future than being part of a movement of people who are fighting together um, for that change. And um, and one of the really exciting things about um, campaigns, as I've already mentioned, is just going, being able to go out and talk to other everyday people and see that other people um, feel the same way as you do and have share a lot of the same concerns. Um, I think like there is this idea that Queensland is quite a conservative place um, but I think in a lot of ways Queenslanders are, are very progressive. Um, one of the things we know is that Queenslanders more so than any other state think that the political system needs like major change or complete overhaul um, and so there's something really heartening about um, being part of a movement of other people who feel the same way and are, and are fighting for change. Um, so there's lots of different pathways. The Greens are one pathway, but there's lots of other community groups on the ground um, that are mobilising in a, in a visible way, but also behind the scenes um, for bigger change. Cool. Well, yeah. I think that might be a good place to kind of end. But yeah. um, if people you know, want to see what you're up to or um, you know, have any questions, maybe they live in the area and they yeah. want to contact you, yeah. what's the best way for people? Yeah, yeah. Um, you can knock on our door. We're on Vulture Street um, in West End. Uh, you can get in touch by um, email. If you, if you just Google um, amymcmahon.com, um, all the contact details are there. 
Um, there's also our Facebook page. We're trying to put out as much information as we can about what's going on. You can sign up to our newsletter. Um, we're on like Instagram and Twitter as well. <laughs> yeah. You can follow there. Um, but yeah, please feel free to get in touch. Like we're here to help, um, you know, and I've got an incredible team of people working in this office who, um, you know, are, are there to do what they can to support the community. Um, so yeah, anyone in the neighbourhood or further afield, please feel free to get in touch. Cool. Well, I'll put um, all like your contact info in the episode description. Yeah, right. Um, and then maybe maybe in a few years when you're being you know at the end of your first term, we might uh-huh. try and catch up again and yeah, see how yeah. things have been going. That sounds great. Um, but thanks so much for catching up with me today. I My hope pleasure. you enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs>